0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Welcome.
1: Today, I do want to talk about something meaningful. So I turn the microphone on and I just start talking. And I can't pre-plan what I'm going to say, because if I pre-planned it, it would be something that I came up with. It would be something my little intellect came up with. But instead, I wanted to be something from the heart, some kind of a flow from the heart, heart to heart, from my heart to your heart.
0: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is choice over compulsion. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host,
1: Roland Trujillo so that if you are receptive to the message, you will get the message, and it will be good for you. So, what can I say? Well, I can say that human beings are not animals. I need to say that because you need to hear it and understand it. Human beings are not animals. Yes, we are born inheriting a body, but Do you know that originally our bodies were meant to be imperishable? Adam and Eve were meant to be imperishable, to live forever, to live on and on in the Garden of Eden on an endless journey of discovery, discovering God's great universe. But what happened was Adam messed up. And when he messed up, he chose to turn his back upon God and God's way. See, what Adam did is he turned his back upon intuition because he wanted to do something. He wanted to be a big man, and he wanted to prove something and show somebody something. But ultimately, the one that he was showing was the devil because it was the devil who teased him. The devil used his, his wife, Adam's wife. He just used her. She was a spokesperson. She said what had been whispered to her, But if Adam loved his wife, he would have seen that she was getting some kind of ideas from somewhere, and these were not good ideas. He would have seen that, and he would have said, "Well, now, just a minute, Eve, let's let's check with Father." But instead, he kind of liked the idea of being a big man and doing things on his own, and so he that's the, what he chose. But once he made that choice, he fell into a world of compulsion, a world of compulsion where he no longer had a choice. And now he began to deteriorate. It took a long time for Adam to deteriorate and then to die, but it happened. And now that's what we're born with. We're born with a body that uh, is subject to the world. And we're born with a little bit of that. Rebellious naughtiness that Adam somehow had. We're born with that. And so, with that kind of a nature, we respond to tease. And when we're little children, there are a lot of teases and challenges. And it's natural enough in that that way we we grow by such teases and challenges. We grow to be big egos. And then when we're big egos, then we get married and we have a family. And now it's come full circle. Now, once again, it's you and your husband or you and your wife, like Adam and Eve. But you do have a blessing. You have a blessing in that because of what Christ did, there is a choice for there. Well, let me put it this way you can yearn. See, you can't choose to do anything right. Even Christ said of myself, I can do nothing. But all you can do is yearn, yearn for the Father you've never known. Yearn to know the purpose for your existence, and yearn to know the truth. And God will hear your prayer, and he will turn up the light, so you will begin to see your errors in his light. And then you'll say, oh my God. And you'll realize that all of the huffing and puffing and striving and all of the angers and the rages— and the frustrations, and the hates, and the envy, you'll see it all as error. And you'll see that hating your father was a mistake, and hating your mom was a mistake, and going out in the world looking for love was a mistake, because what you got was use and abuse. So you have a whole world filled with people separated from God and misleading each other. Now here's the thing, what you have now that is keeping you separate well first of all is your attitude as long as you have an attitude of wanting of wanting to do your own darn thing and thumb your nose at what's right then with that kind of an attitude then there's no hope for you getting better but if you begin to see if you're willing to see that somehow you're, you're missing the boat, somehow you're messing up, so now you yearn for truth. With that kind of an attitude, now maybe you can discover truth.
0: Roland talks about Christianity in a common-sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. We find your zest for discovery and adventure. Keep listening to Shedding Shackles.
1: And part of the reason that you can see, maybe the only reason you can see, is because of suffering. You are suffering, but when you suffer without hating. See, mostly when we suffer, what do we do? We resent and we blame. We blame God. We resent God. We blame other people. See, we feel sorry for ourselves. But if you can suffer without blaming anyone, without hating anyone, and then the suffering of your family, you see your children suffering. You see your wife suffering. You realize that somehow you're, you're to blame. Somehow they need something from you that you don't have. And seeing that, you yearn for what you need, to be a good father, a good husband. You see that you're missing something, and you yearn for that. And instead of looking for that out in the world, so you always thought you could complete yourself in the world, getting more education, another degree, another wife, another girlfriend, more money, another car, a bigger TV, more sports. More alcohol, more marijuana, more booze, more pills, more something or other out in the world. But now maybe you see that all those things that you add on, they're not the answer. So now you yearn for truth. So with that kind of an attitude, now maybe you can discover truth. But there's something else that's getting in the way of your finding truth. And you know what it is. It's emotion. Emotion, anger, rage, excitement, hurt feelings, bitterness, envy, grudges, all that kind of stuff gets in the way of finding your creator. Now, what I want you to see is that those emotions that you think are normal, did you know? that animals don't even have much emotion. Mostly what animals do is automatic. They just respond automatically. Just the way you can walk from one side of the room to the other, or if the sun is bright, then your pupils constrict, or if it's kind of warm, you take your jacket off. You do these things automatically Well, that's the way animals are. They function automatically. And they don't need a lot of emotion. They just function in a kind of automatic way. When do animals feel emotion? Well, you know when it is. Mostly it's when they're frustrated, when an animal is trapped, when an animal can't get away, when it's confined, when it wants to escape. There's danger and it can't escape. Then it feels a strong emotion and it has to do with self-preservation. The animal wants to run away, see? It wants to escape from the danger. But if it can't, if it's in a cage, or its foot is trapped in some kind of a trap, you see, it feels frustration, and we we could call it anger, I suppose. But if it goes on for a long time, and usually when it goes on for a long time, we then give that a name, and it's called stress. So let's say an animal is put in a cage and it's not allowed to escape. Then what's it going to feel? It's going to feel stress, a long-term frustration. And this long-term frustration, which we call stress, and Dr. Hans Selye called it the general adaptative response. So what happens to this animal? What happens is it eventually suffers adrenal exhaustion. Its thymus gland shrinks its lymph nodes shrink, and then it gets ulcerous lesions at the stomach, and then eventually it dies. Somehow its life force is used up. So this long-term stress is, um, is basically a frustration. The animal can't get away. It can't get loose. It can't get to food. It can't eat. You see what I mean? It can't get out of the cage. Frustration. And so adrenal exhaustion, thymus gland shrinking and ulcer, and the life force is given up, and then it leads to death. So there you have it. So that's stress. It usually has to do with a long-term thing. So let's take a look at the human being now. Even animals don't have a lot of emotions unless there's some. It's usually unnatural, isn't it? Animals are rarely trapped out in nature. So it's some kind of an unnatural long-term stress. So let's take a look at the human being now. So, what causes stress? Isn't it long-term wanting something that you think is being denied you? Isn't it long-term resenting someone and wanting to get them to admit something they won't admit or to see something they won't see or to do something they won't do? Isn't it long-term bills stacking up and credit card amounts getting bigger and isn't it going to work and not being told you're doing a good job and not getting a raise and other people are getting a raise and it's some kind of a ego to, it's some kind of a frustration isn't it and somehow you want something from your husband and he doesn't have it for you and you resent him for it over a long period of time weeks months years decades see so there you have it then what's going to happen? It's going to be this kind of stress I was talking about with the animal that's trapped. So now do you understand that your emotion of anger and frustration, can you see that it's an unnatural? And it's only because of frustration. And why are you frustrated? It's because you're resentful. If you didn't resent anyone, if you didn't resent anything, if you bore only goodwill for others and you didn't want anything, no, I'm not talking about resigned, um, you know, resentful resignation. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just simply being, Paul said it so beautifully. He said, I know how to abound and how to be without. He could have or not have. And he was he, the same with all of them. If you could be that way, if you could lose something without becoming resentful over it or bummed out over it, and if you could gain something without getting all puffed up and excited over it, see, equanimity and poise and so on, there wouldn't be any frustration. See, if something didn't work, if you had some item and it broke, okay, it broke. Then either you fix it or you can't fix it. but. You're not angry about it. You're not resentful. That's it. You're not resentful. So resentment is what trips you over into the animal type of a response to some frustration or long-term thing that uh, is getting to you. And the reason it's getting to you is because you're resentful. If you weren't resentful, you wouldn't become frustrated. So now, I think I've made a very good point. You must look at this thing called resentment and see that it makes you an animal It makes you worse than an animal. You become more emotional than animals. And what do these emotions do to you? What are the symptoms of these emotions? Well, you know what they are. There's a long list of them, not to mention headaches and tummy aches and everything else. So I want you to look at very carefully at what I have just said. Take a look at yourself. Chances are, if you're like most people, you are resenting something.
0: The listener call-in line is available 24-7. Call Roland now at 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. Leave your name, the city you're calling from, and your question, and Roland may answer your question on the air.
1: You're probably resenting a lot of things, but you're resenting something like maybe your husband... You're resenting your wife. You're resenting your work. You're resenting your kids. You're resenting somebody or something. Now, do you see? Christ said, resist not evil. See, if you resist, see, so here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. If you resent something, then it begins to have some kind of an ego value for it to the point that if you let go of the resentment You know, if you had to let go of it, you didn't really want to, but you had to, then you would feel empty because your life is composed of resenting people. But then, why do you get a value out of that? Well, it's because then you can judge people. You can judge them and condemn them in your mind and blame them. And you can blame God. That's right. You can blame God. See for not having given you what you wanted or something like that. See, So there you have it. And then in your resentments, you resent your husband, you resent your kids, you resent your work, you resent everything. And then in your resentment, you feel guilty. Why? Because resenting is wrong. We're not supposed to resent. So then you try to make up for it. You try to be extra nice to your husband, try to, ex- try to be extra nice to your kids. And when you're extra nice, all you do is spoil them. And they resent you for your efforts to meddle in their life or to spoil them, you see. So now, what are you going to do? Knock it off. But you need mental clarity. So the first thing is you must yearn for the truth. So You you must be willing to see it. If you hear what I'm saying and you resent what I'm saying, then it's not going to do you any good. You have to hear what I'm saying and say, yes, that's right. I'm, I'm resenting my husband. I'm resenting my wife. I'm resenting my kids. See, you have to see it and then not resent seeing it. So, what is your number one friend? What is your number one friend? It's your conscience. And what is conscience? It's hindsight. And what is present sight? It's intuition. See, if you always followed your intuition and you didn't resent people, see, and you then you wouldn't be frustrated. And then... See, it transfers. It starts with people. See, your first resentment was probably of your dad, maybe your mom. And then it transfers to to things. And you begin to resent things and get angry at things and get angry at other people. And it transfers. So, you resent the person and then you resent your work. See? You resent your husband, then you resent doing dishes or something. You see? So, it's always that. So, begin by letting go of your resentment, especially toward people, and then toward everything. And then you'll discover the truth, and then don't resent the truth, and you're on your way. You're on your way to become a child of God and to undo all the negativity that's come into your life through your resentments of other people. And and then the frustrations that you had because you didn't get what you wanted. But see, the more resentful you are, the more empty you feel. The more empty you feel, the more you need love. The more you need love... The more you substitute by eating too much or buying too much or looking for love out in the world, and then what does that lead to? It leads to health problems and it leads to to other people taking advantage and it leads to resenting them when they don't fulfill your needs. Do you understand? So the first thing, let go of resentment. That's my message to you today.
0: This is Jeremiah Trujillo. Shedding Shackles has been on the air for over 32 years. Back in the 2000s, it was named Common Sense, and it was produced from our home office in Redding, California. I was already the producer back then, and remember editing the music selections, which were all different than the ones played today. Back then, I was already gaining valuable experience as a pianist, winning the North State Symphony's Young Artists' Auditions in 2004, after which I played the first movement of the Grieg Piano Concerto with the North State Symphony. Today, all the music you hear on Shedding Shackles is played by me, and the newest edition is a wonderful arrangement of What a friend we have in Jesus. Because I believe that a program about finding the path God has for you needs suitable music. Thanks for listening.
1: I've been talking today about what stress is for human beings, and I said that it is Dr. Hans Selye's general adaptation syndrome. He observed that stress begins with enlarged adrenals, shrinkage of the lymph and thymus glands, and stomach ulcers, and it leads eventually to adrenal exhaustion. And then finally, death for the organism. He found that stress is a nonspecific response to some stressor. And I said that for human beings, what stresses us is long-term frustration, wanting something too much, setting goals, wanting something from someone else. How many people have spent years or decades wanting to prove something to someone or to make somebody admit something or to show somebody something or to change somebody? And it leads to what? Frustration. Just as an animal that is trapped is frustrated and feels the emotion of frustration, and it leads to alarm. Then resistance, and then exhaustion. And you put yourself into that same general adaptation syndrome whenever you resent, especially people. But it transfers to everything. You resent life, and then pretty soon life stresses you. That's right. Resentment itself trips you over into the kind of a lower way of being. Where you become subject to stress. And then people can stress you and then they control you through your stress, through the stress. So you have to learn how to get a handle on it and you begin. It begins with spiritual discipline the spiritual discipline of learning to let things go, learning to not sweat the small stuff, learning to realize what's really important in life. Stop trying to play God by changing people. Stop trying to save yourself. Stop trying to save other people. Stop trying to change your husband. Stop trying to change people and manipulate them. Let go and let God. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? If you stop meddling in other people's lives, it would give them a chance, maybe, to discover what they need to see and become independent and free. Free of you! free of the likes of you. And now we have a whole society of people meddling with no understanding, meddling in other people's lives. So, I have talked today about letting go of resentment. And the first thing you have to see is you have to see it. You have to see that you're resentful. And you have to see why you're resentful. And you have to see that it has something to do with your attitude. And you have to see that it has something to do with having resented your dad and resented your mom. And then after that, other people. And then it transfers until pretty soon you resent all of life. If you see that, you realize that you need an attitude adjustment. That's what you need, but no one can do it for you. And it's not just enough to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I need an attitude adjustment. No, 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 no. You have to see it deeply. Deeply. And realize the need for change. And then cry out to your creator, the one who made thee. See, he's the one who made thee. But the devil is the one who refashioned you and recreated you in his image into a prideful, devious, sneaky, revengeful being and phony. That's what you are becoming when you fall away from your Creator and his plan. So now is the time to begin to change. Now is the time to realize it and begin to change back. But you can't do it yourself, but God can do it. Christ said with man, it would be impossible, but with God everything is possible. So He can change you because of grace and because of what Christ did. Now's the time to begin. I exhort you, begin. And you can begin by realizing that what I'm saying is true. And learn to stand back and look at your symptoms. See, now you resent your symptoms. First you resented your mom and your dad. And you resented other people. Then you resented everything. And then you resented God. And then you start having symptoms. And then you tried to get other people to take away the symptoms it doesn't take away the cause, and you resent them for not really being able to help you, and then you resent your symptoms, and then you resent yourself. Let go of the resentment against everything and anything. Let your hair down. Just be a plain and simple person. Go about your life. Do your duty. Watch. Observe. Like when you were a little child. Just watch. Don't try to change people. Don't try to change yourself. Just See what the truth is. Don't resent it. And you will be on your way to becoming a friend of God and his truth. And then you will experience his love. Until next time, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.